0: hello and welcome this is waves of ya ocean county library's brand new podcast focused on young adult literacy brought to you by our teen literacy team my name's lindsay and i'll be your host for today i'm a teen librarian at the brick branch and joining me today we have
1: Hi, I'm Allison. I'm one of the teen services librarians
2: at the Tom's River branch. I'm Chichilia. I'm also from the Tom's River branch in teen services. And I'm Colleen. I'm
0: the teen services librarian down here in Lacey. Excellent. How's everyone doing today? Good, good. Ready yeah. to talk about some books. I, yeah, exciting. On today's episode is how it started versus how it's going we'll be focusing on our personal favorite young adult titles. The classics from when we were teens and new titles that just hit the top of our forever favorite lists. So are you ready to get started ladies? Sounds good. Yeah. Right. So let's let's go to Allison. Allison, can you tell me how did it start for you? What kind of books were you reading when you were a teen? Uh,
1: fantasy, I pretty much read, I feel like every single fantasy book that I could get my hands on. Um, and then occasionally I would um, read something like historical fiction, mostly because I ran out of fantasy books.
0: Yeah, How? what What are some of your favorite fantasies that you read when you were younger? I loved Everything by Tamora Pierce.
1: Um, I really also enjoyed the Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia C. Reed, which we actually own on Hoopla, and I just reread the whole series. Oh, so, that's fun. They're hilarious. Um. Um. Pretty much anything that had like a strong female character. So, um, who else had stuff that teens would actually remember who they were? Mm-hmm. Um, Mercedes Lackey. I read a lot of her. She is more of adult stuff though, and uh, I really enjoyed one series which you can't even find anymore, which was called *Cry of the Ice Mark*. Which was this crazy kingdom, and there was snow leopards.
0: Super fun, but wow. that not cool. to be found in 2021. That's not <laughs> fun? That's not cool. Why not? When was it published? Like, how old is it? Ah, uh, I would say probably like maybe mid 2000s. It
1: was not super popular. Like when it came out, okay. I probably was like the only person
0: who would have. <laughs> <been. laughs> if it wasn't vampires in mid 2000s, it. It's I agree. <laughs> I yeah, I was definitely into the vampire thing well at least twilight anyway okay so fantasy fantasy when you were a teen but now what are you into um
1: so mostly fantasy i read like random other things that pop up like uh, i'll do mysteries sometimes i'm reading all your twisted secrets right now by diana Mm. urban i love anything that karen mcmanus publishes she does Mm. one of us is lying Mm. yeah like kind of anything that just like, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, I read One of Us Is Lying, but I I'm really bad at following through on series. So I only <laughs> read the first one and I I never went back. I never read her <laughs> other books either.
2: <laughs> the second one is really good.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It
2: I actually I liked it better than One of Us is
0: Lying. Yeah, I think so.
1: And I like You can
0: uh keep the secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: like that better than One of Us is Lying. So. Yeah,
0: And then she has a new one, right? The Cousins. Yeah.
3: The yeah, and that was even better, I think. I think she's really? progressively getting better. I guess which I'll is have always to read fun one. for authors. Yeah. I'm really
2: excited about her next one because it's being sold as like Ferris Bueller's Day Off with Murder. Ooh, Ooh.
0: that sounds great. I'm definitely in for that. <laughs> it has death today. in
2: the title. I don't remember what it
0: is. So what, did somebody was. actually kill Ferris? <laughs> Ferris dies today. <laughs>
2: all the kids are like framed for something but they were like not in school so
0: wasn't that like um, one of us is lying. breakfast 80 80s uh movie and some genre (laughs) i'll take it 80s is key 80s is key i like that so i'm gonna go to colleen with the same question how did it start for you so I read a lot of fantasy, too. Well, actually, by a lot. I mean, I just read Harry Potter
3: when I was little. And then I tried to read um, adult books. Like, I thought I was better than other people for some reason. <laughs> now I just read anything. Like, I read a lot of Stephen King and, like, my favorite book. Well, it still is good. It was The Tree Grows in Brooklyn. But that is technically why, I, even though I feel like it's also in fiction. But that's just such a good book. It's not, like, old. Um, and then my really my favorite thing that I remember reading constantly, which is, again, no longer in this system is this series called fearless it was the less popular version by francine pascal she wrote like the sweet valley high books if you guys read that those but this was so yeah. good there was, it was so much drama going on in this book and because the premise is this it's not like science fiction the Premise is she has no um fear so she just does whatever and she's not scared and she fights these people and like she goes to high school and falls in love and there's like a lot of like creepy stuff going on like there's a, I feel like there was a society trying to find her and her father, but then there was also teenage drama. So it was just awesome.
0: battle the and then, drama.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and I remember crying at the end of one book because the one guy died, but then he was back two books later. And I was like, well, what the hell? <laughs> but yeah, now I just read um, mostly YA and just I throw in a, an adult book here and there because I am 35, you know, and I should
1: <laughs> be reading
3: <laughs> something more around our, our age group. Who says? Who says? Why is for everybody? That's true, and I
0: still do juvenile books as well. Adult. books? Oh, boy? me too. I like middle grade.
1: Adult books are just so boring. They take forever to. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Rude.
0: I like adult books. They're fun.
1: I like memoirs, like adult
0: memoirs. Oh my I like god, listening no, that's to adult oh, memoirs. I like that. That's fun. <laughs>
3: But yeah, I read mostly <laughs> fantasy. But like Allison said, anything that looks interesting. But I also really love horror and science fiction. Mm. And I read, I do read realistic fiction just so I can uh, put it on our book list every year. Like I gotta know what's <laughs> out there for sure. I Gotta keep up so, with. It. Yeah, and that that's the oh, nice. one I have to like struggle with because some it's sometimes it's really like heavy and upsetting. Whereas fantasy, if people are like being eaten by dragons, it's fine because it's not real <laughs> at all. <laughs>
0: All pretend, <laughs> yeah. So, you rent so you like horror. So, do, were you into the Fear Street series? Yeah, I did. So I, I always, really like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I
3: talk about my horror evolution as like from Goosebumps to Fear Street to Stephen <laughs> King, and like uh, maybe that's why I'm a little weird, but <laughs> those Fear Street books were great, and I especially loved the ones that took place in like the 1700s where like you found out why the, the town was cursed. And then you had the modern day ones where the people were getting murdered with ice skates or whatever.
0: (laughs) They were pretty gory, right? Yeah. I remember reading those kind of young, like a young teen. Yeah. Loved it. But it's funny because I didn't grow up to like really care about horror. Like I'm just now getting into Stephen King. But I wasn't, I didn't read Goosebumps. I just read Fear Street. Probably too young. And I... Yeah, but <laughs> I, you're not a serial killer that we know yeah. of, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> There's still time, though. <laughs> 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 okay, so you did a lot of fantasy or when you were younger? Did you say fantasy? I mean, I, I'm trying to remember,
3: like, what... I think I started reading more YA when I, like, went to college. Yeah. So it was Harry Potter for me, and then, like, adult stuff. Like, science, some of Stephen King is more fantasy than right. others, but... I really got into fantasy when I hit, like, 18.
2: All right.
0: So you were a teen. Yeah, I guess. Tech. I feel like so if right. I was in college, I wasn't a teen, but you're, I was. Yeah, your transition from... What are you after a teen? A young New you're, adult. young adult still.
2: New <laughs> <laughs> New adult, young adult, emerging adult. <laughs> emerging adult, that's
3: the key word there.
0: So are you still reading the same kind of books now as an adult? Oh, yeah.
3: I yeah. just finished this book called there will come a darkness, which is like your typical ensemble fantasy. One person is like an exiled King and one's a ruthless killer and there's like magic and stuff. So it's oh. awesome.
0: Cool.
3: There's so many good fantasy out there. It's like we should do a whole yeah. podcast and just fantasy.
0: Yeah. Fantasy can go a long way. I feel like there's so many. It's not my genre, but so many. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Tachilia, I'm going to ask you the same question since both Allison and Colleen answered. How did it start for you? Um,
2: Unlike the other two, I am completely different now. (laughs) So I used to read a lot of like speculative fiction, I guess you would call it, which is like set in our world, but has supernatural elements. So I read a lot of Holly Black. Um, She writes like fairies and fae. My like favorite book was type. It's the first in her modern fairy series, I think that's what it's called. Um, and I read *Twilight*. Like those, I read like I love *Twilight* type books. Uh, crying <laughs> in *Eclipse*. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I read a lot of like speculative fiction, and I read a lot of manga too when I was a teen. Uh, So I read Fruits Baskets, which is kind of like speculative fiction. They chain It's about like the Chinese zodiac. And each member of the family represents a different animal. If they're hugged by the opposite sex, they turn into their animal. But like by the end of the series, it's like not even what it's about. (laughs) It's (laughs) more like the relationships and emotional development. Read a lot of other manga series that were kind of also speculative fiction or full metal alchemist was kind of like steampunky. So that's more of like, that's a show. And so that's like more like action adventure kind of thing. So manga is not something I ever really got into. That was like anime club, manga, watch vampires. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Anything with vampires, really. I think like, when I was in high school, that's when the like vampire craze was really like. It got really big.
3: Yeah, because I was in my twenties by then. I remember I was mm-hmm. I was in a college class reading, um, I don't know, one of the Twilights. I don't maybe the second one, like yeah. with my phone because it was dark. I was on the lecture. <laughs> so it was dark. <laughs> I had not know what happened. It was probably New Moon. Yeah, I think it was the second one.
0: I definitely yeah I read Twilight when it came, when I was in my twenties too. So not a teen thing, but I still I still like it and I like the movies and I don't care i love the no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> i don't know if it's a nostalgia thing now but yeah you know,
2: for them me. like the teens yeah. are like what is, what are these i don't know
1: versus when it's just like a random thing you remember reading when you were like 13 like nobody else
0: remembers you reading this thing when you were 13. i don't remember a lot of what i read when i was 13.
3: Yeah, I needed good reads when I was 13.
0: I wish. Oh, I, I wish remembered. I thought to write down the books that I read. I think that would have been really cool to look back on because I no when idea.
2: I like first started here, I was like going through the shelves and just remembered by the book cover. I was like, oh I read that. Like or no, wait, I stopped and I didn't finish this. Should I pick it up? And then I never
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tutilia, sorry, I skipped back. Uh I skipped. It's okay. Went back. <laughs> so you started with a lot of speculative fiction where did you end up
2: so right now i read like mostly realistic and romance which like there were romance elements in everything i read in like speculative fiction wise but now it's just like the books mainly about the romance or realistic fiction or a lot of diversity books lgbtq that's pretty much <laughs> what i read now yeah. um The last one I read was, it was a new one, I just got an arc of it, May the Best Man Win by Mm -hmm. Z.R. Eller, and it is about, the main character is a trans boy, and it's told from two perspectives, from his perspective and his ex's perspective, and they're both going for prom king
0: that year. Interesting. It's very,
2: like... Lovers to haters to maybe lovers again.
0: <laughs> yeah. You never, no. I never, I don't think I've ever heard of a book where they start as lovers, then enemies, then. Yeah, it was, it started at the end of their relationship. Yeah. So, and then, That's you know. That sounds was, cool. I'd read that. I feel like I read more books like you do. Oh my gosh. The audiobook was
2: amazing because the narrator even, I don't really like when there's dual Perspectives, and it's the same person reading. I'm like, I don't yeah. think, but he sh- completely changed his voice for each person. Oh, that's good. It, so, like, I was like, actually, is this the same person? <laughs> I'm not like not entirely
0: sure. So, I love a good dual narration. Yeah, it makes Just all the difference. Y- it all sounds cheaper- like a play too.
2: Like I one of know. us was lying. Had uh, everybody was a different voice.
3: And I wonder how much more production that costs to have multiple voices than just one.
0: I don't know. Like we, uh, Colleen we, and I were just, we were just talking about the initial insult. Did you do audio for that? Yeah. Yeah. So was, yeah, well that was
3: the same person, right? Doing both parts, but it felt so different. right? No, it was, different. Or was it two different. It people? was two actors. Yeah. Okay. Cause I,
0: I like the one person who read for Felicity and I have a weird thing. I have like a, Hype dream of being an audiobook narrator. (laughs) I think (laughs) you do it very well, Lindsay. When I grow up, it's what I want to do. So I, (laughs) so I end up listening to a lot of books. Once I hear someone I like, I'll go and listen to other books that they. I do do that. Love when you like recognize someone's voice. They're Mm -hmm. like, "Oh, you played this in this book." Yeah. So, and I really loved the cat voice. Yeah. What a creep! It was so good. <laughs> oh my God. That's why I was trying to
3: say, is this is this fantasy? Because you know, yeah. it has a point of view of like a leopard or whatever.
0: Yeah, strange. It's <laughs> a great yeah. book. <laughs> Audio is cool. Okay, so let's. Uh, so, Cecilia brought up diversity, which I think is really something different that we see a lot now in YA books than we did when we were all teens. So Allison, what kind of diversity are you seeing now in your fantasy books that you didn't see when you were younger?
1: Well, I think the first thing is like reading fantasy in like the mid 2000s. If the book was longer than 200 pages, they really wouldn't publish it until you got, like I think the first long fantasy book I ever read was Twilight. So when things are that short, like you got a lot of like fantasy, like fairy tale retellings, because there was less world set up that they had to do. Yeah, that they kind of they knew they had so little pages that they got from the publishers. Like I feel like a lot of times they took like easy outs, which now the fantasy, the YA fantasy, like they don't like they create these epic worlds they make things complicated there's multiple characters um they don't like they'll deal with multiple hard topics versus a lot of times you would only have maybe like the focus of the book would be oh like it's an evil empire who's conquered this country now the native people are trying to get their country back and they wouldn't address anything else Right. So I think you're seeing a lot more different elements that they're incorporating, rather than they're being like very formulaic, like we're doing one thing, or it's just being something, like a retelling something you've already heard or seen before.
0: Right, I know I, from the few fantasies that I have read that are newer, I feel like a lot of them have a lot of, they're character driven, as well as like plot driven. So oh, that's yeah. why they're so long, because you're getting to know all these characters, which helps add all that diversity now. Yeah. And before, there wasn't a lot of room for that. Cecilia, for your romance diversity, do you, what is what do you see now that you didn't see? What, is 2000s, you... you too? Early 2000s? Yeah, yeah. it wasn't <laughs> that long ago, it's weird.
2: Yeah, it, it sounds ago. like it's not that long ago, but it's like 15 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, yeah, so now. What, kind <laughs> of, what kind of change do you see? Are we having a glow up in YA? Yeah,
2: I think uh, <laughs> especially a lot of own voices books too, people that are um, – write about characters of one diversity that are of that same diversity, whether it's, you know, a sexual orientation or if they are Southeast Asian and are writing books uh, featuring Southeast Asian characters, a lot of what I've, when you mentioned that question, I'm like, their love interest is also of that same diversity or is like not a white boy or girl right. or so like a lot no of, they just a boy and a girl. Yeah, no longer a boy and a girl. Really great. Two boys, two girls, non-binary yep. characters.
3: Yeah, they're not just sideline characters; actual main characters. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like
2: Sundae Menon's uh, books all feature Southeast Asian main characters and love interests. And um, there's there's a lot like nowadays where it's, you know, mainly focused in one particular culture too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've seen that a lot, which is really sure. cool. There's like a weird trend lately where it's like all food-based love stories. <laughs> yeah, what's what like,
0: the Food is universal.
2: Everyone loves food, so I know, know everyone loves food, and like <laughs> I just keep putting them on my list, and then like it just gets longer and longer. Food like is huge. one, re- one recently, a taste of love, which was sold. I was at I think a Penguin uh, Penguin Teen panel. And it was sold as Pride and Prejudice Makes the Great British Bake Off. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And then I couldn't remember the title. So I like emailed the publisher. I was like, what was that one that you talked about? It sounded really good.
0: (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah. Well, I would definitely. I don't think I've read any food titles. I don't think so. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with food. Food is great. Allison, do you agree food is great?
1: I think everybody agrees food is great.
0: <laughs> There's food on a cover. You're
1: like, oh, yeah. this Yeah. Sounds interesting. Definitely. There's that I...
3: pizza one right now.
1: Yeah.
2: That I thought. Um, yes. It was. A, a, it's kind of a cheesy love story. Yeah. <laughs> is that any good? Did you read that one? No, I just look at it. And then like, <laughs> you want, want pizza. <laughs> on the cover. That is on my list, though. My long food
0: <laughs> list.
1: There's I another one that. that's a little older, Love and Gelato. And every time, like, it comes oh. out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I would take that. I love gelato. <laughs> I love
0: gelato.
2: So I'd read it. Her I stories just... are all uh, based in other countries, too. She has Love and Gelato. Um, there's the Olives one that's set in Greece. Ooh. And then the other one is, uh, I, I don't know, it's set in Ireland, Jenna Wilch. Ooh, Welch.
0: Ooh. I'll skip the olives because no thanks. But... <laughs> I don't like olives either. Yeah, I don't like yeah. olives,
3: but I do like Greece.
0: So but read, I do, think she that. Just I do using like
2: the food. I don't think that's like the main
0: part of the story. I think it's just like gelato, Italy. Sure, I'm interested in the Ireland one. I feel like I every year I try to do a St. Patty's display and there is not enough Irish fiction in, the... I mean, in our collection. 100%. No, it's really a handful. There's not much. <laughs> so I'm going to look into that one. Fog <laughs> child is really good. What is it? Uh, Bog, Child Bog Child by this, Siobhan
3: Dowd. We I might think, have it. We I, might not I have it anymore. That's a while.
0: I feel like she has something else.
3: Yeah, she has a couple books. She yeah. passed away oh. a few years ago, so she only has a, a small amount of books, but oh, they're really okay. emotional. Ooh.
0: There,
1: there's a really good one downstairs in J called The List, and I cannot remember the author's life for me, but it she wrote it as like. Um, an ode to the Irish language because it really like it's so easy for them for it to disappear because everybody in Ireland speaks English Mm. and um it it was phenomenal like it's kind of dystopian it really doesn't take place in Ireland but she's Irish and when you like hear the backstory I heard her talk about it at a panel I like read the entire thing in like two days it was so
3: good Uh, and there's a really good horror series of two books called The Call
1: Oh, I was going to ask about Uh, that that
3: because
0: I have look at it all the time.
3: really good. It's good. good. But, like, you got to – it's, like, some parts are extremely, like, detailed. I know. I can't pronounce the author's name. Yep. Peter or (laughs) something or other. Yeah. Yeah. Peter (laughs) But Peter spelled, like, the Irish way. Yes. (laughs) That's when I would have to look up how to pronounce his name and then write it down for myself.
2: That's Mm -hmm. another reason why I like audiobooks because all the names I would – not pronounce that correctly the person yeah they yeah. literally get the pronunciation from the author so
1: it's it's correct <laughs> so but then, then, I, get... I, then i can't spell it though that's what I... yeah
0: <laughs> then it gets <laughs> really it.
1: when you see it written down you're like who is this what's going on <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about
0: <laughs> oh god <laughs> all right so colleen diversity for you what about horror any change in that um, I
3: feel like I'm. There's still a lot of like female main care, like white, you know, straight females in horror in the YA genre.
0: There is um,
2: a new one coming out that from Tiffany D. Jackson, White Smoke. It oh, sounds yes. like really good. Uh, yeah. it sounds like because I was listening to her talk about um. Which she used to read, and it was all like horror stuff. I'm like, why are you writing? Like, I'm yeah, kind of trying to have horrifying really. elements in them, but she, it's not uh, really the horror genre, yeah. It's a why psychological thriller, a, a oh, classic okay. haunted house story from uh, set in New York.
0: I really like Tiffany D. Jackson as long as she doesn't borrow anything that she's already used in her uh, previous books. Does she do that sometimes? Have you seen that? Um.
2: She I does a lot
0: noticed. of twist endings. Yeah, I feel, like. I feel like, and I felt I haven't read all of her books, but the ones that I did, I felt like the twists were like so kind of close to each other. Mm. Like, not we'll, we'll the see same, how this one goes. But, yeah, so I I definitely yeah. going to lo- read. But it
3: that's good see. because I really think that there's a lack of diversity in horror. I really yeah. like. I'm now I'm looking at my Goodreads and I, I think that I'm accurate by saying that fantasy yeah. is very has become very diverse you know we mm-hmm. see st- standalone books of all different cultures yeah sexuality, like
0: races, fic, fantasy they definitely are diverse
1: and like i don't hard. even have to
0: try to like make a diverse display it's not hard, th- right
1: even some like authors like fantasy authors like kristen cash she just released winter keep which is like the fourth book in the graceling series and it like there's been a large gap since the third one came out. And like yeah. I noticed like, like it's the same author writing in the same world and like like LGBTQ characters, like um, a lot more diversity in people's descriptions. Like yeah. clearly something has changed that she as an author included these elements. Like it's not like it was a different person writing the book series.
3: Yeah, because Bitter Blue still felt like Bitter Blue just grown up.
1: Yeah. But it
3: just just felt better as a world. It felt like more like a world, not just a little teeny little 5,000 person town that, which sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) which sometimes it could feel like, like you used to read these books and you're like, I'm just picturing a bunch of white people that look like me. Mm -hmm. But now it's Mm -hmm. like you can picture a whole different world with different people. Yeah. It's great. I think, like, back
2: in the day, nobody really, like, pushed that there was, like, diversity. Like, it was, like, a side character that was mentioned, but, like, one time it was mentioned that they might have, like, Mm -hmm. darker skin or lighter skin or whatever, but it wasn't, like, you know, there wasn't a a cover where there's a character of a different ethnicity on there other than white, and now it's, like, there's covers where... (laughs) And There's then you run into people that are not white.
0: I feel like you run into the problem too now with authors writing voices for different groups, which is tough.
2: Well, they have what what they call sensitivity readers now. So they okay. will give the book oh. to someone of that orientation or ethnicity. And they'll be like, actually, no, this would uh, like... A, a black girl would never say this, a
0: black girl mm. would never do this. That's or... so smart though. I think that's yeah. a good idea because I know it gets difficult. I recently read a book and it was not white. Y- well, it could be YA. It was about a 14 year old kid who was really just discovering that he was trans. And I didn't realize what the book was about until I read it. And, you know, it's written by this cis white male who, and there's a lot of flack going around. <laughs> about, you know, he shouldn't have written the book but he did, And but apparently it's being, it's well received, he's in Australia it's not out here in the States but apparently they don't mind, so it's so interesting to see mm-hmm. the difference I, I always
1: find it so interesting when people give like flack for an author for writing a story and it's like you don't know who's in their life that maybe they're writing the story for
0: mm-hmm. so yeah.
1: I It could be a many thing. Exactly. That as long as like it's a good story and they feels authentic and people receive it well, then it really shouldn't always matter who the author is. But I I also get it too, that people, there should be a diversity of authors. Right.
0: And it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm just going to throw in these characters just because. So it is. <laughs> yeah and well, i think we like still that happens a lot yeah and we're seeing that
3: with like um disabled characters i think yes. there's a lot of unauthentic stories out there
0: mm-hmm. and that are just I, doing it to do it. yeah yeah it's tough I, I don't,
3: it'll probably get better as
2: oh, way i usually does
0: yeah I, what i really uh,
2: appreciate nowadays is um the, the whole process is done by that Person, person's ethnicity. So the the book that I just mentioned, made the, the Best Man Win, was written by a trans author, trans um, narrator. I think the person who did the book cover was also trans. Possibly the editor was also trans. So awesome. like the entire process is done and like it's Cause there is like marginalization in the industry too, which you know shouldn't be. Right. <laughs> but mm. It happens, so like that's a place for that for everyone to kind of like converge and work on a, like a project mm. together.
0: And that's great thing about YA. I feel like YA is like ahead of every genre, or not genre. I feel like What, it's a- the, what do we call this? <laughs> Young adult is. Is it a genre? Um
1: think uh... it has its own separate section at the bookstores yeah Pro. yeah yeah it own separate section in like uh the library i think
0: yeah. it's. i, I feel um, like they're re- like the YA authors and publishers are really good at yeah.
1: i think a lot of it too is that unlike like children's who like has like children's mysteries and children's fantasy and adults do the same thing. Like YA, we just put all the YA together. Mm-hmm. So you can have like a fantasy book with LGBTQ characters who are falling in love. And it's not a question of like, well, where do we put it? Is it a romance? is a it right. fantasy. It's yeah. just going YA. Like it doesn't matter.
0: That is true. I like that.
1: What I've seen recently
0: is
2: the adult publishing world kind of fall into YA with their fantasy titles, kind of going with the mythology of different cultures and whatnot. Like a lot of African culture mythology has been, you know, at the forefront of YA, like recently, Mm -hmm. Children of Blood and Bone. Mm -hmm. And I think right now, like (laughs) in adult fantasy, I've seen a lot of like, you know, unvoiced
3: authors in fantasy. Yeah, we're the cutting edge and then the others.
2: Everybody should copy off a YA.
0: the best. But it's it's true. I mean, look at the growth that we're seeing just from the books that we've read what 15, 20 years ago, which it's it feels like forever ago, but really isn't that long ago. So it's interesting to see uh. the development. We're old guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <get> hurt. <laughs> okay, so uh before we finish, I'm gonna ask you each to name one book, a newer book, that you want to recommend to everyone and anyone. All right, Allison, go. Um,
1: I'm gonna do American Royals by Catherine McGee. So um it's not a Fantasy, but it is if at the end of the American Revolution, when America defeats England, and somebody turns to George Washington and says, "Are you going to be the next king of America?" He actually says yes. So it takes place in like modern America, but the entirety of American history happened while it was a constitutional monarchy, and the main characters are the um, Washington. Um, so, there's four main characters, two which are the Washington princesses. So, they're the next in line to the American throne. And it's super cute. Like, I love royal things. And it was, like, American history. And it was adorable. So
0: Excellent.
1: I see it going out a lot. It's really, like, our copy usually is not in it. And yeah. the audio is excellent, too, though, So... Right, cool. Thank yeah, you. I
3: read that one.
0: Yeah, do you agree? It's good. Um, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold back, Halloween. Would... We're trying to sell it. <laughs> I would, if somebody had an in interest, I would say, yeah, that was a good, decent read. Okay, oh, fair. fair. <laughs> so, what's a, what's a book that you highly recommend right now?
3: So, one that I haven't mentioned yet today. Um, so I just read "Everything Sad Is Untrue" by Daniel Nayiri because I put it on my middle school summer reading list and I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. I want to read it. It's extremely difficult to explain what it's about. So basically this um, he's an Iranian immigrant living in Oklahoma. And like, he's supposed to be doing a a presentation at the front of his classroom. And he just like starts spewing out these random stories from his past and from like Persian mythology. It's like, and the author says it's like a thousand and one nights, but in the middle school classroom. Cause he's Mm. like, Blending his mythology with mytho- Persian mythology, it's just wonderful. Absolutely great book. I did start book. that one, but I didn't finish it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, it, is, it
3: bounces but it, around. It does. It, it won an award, like, a, right? Yes, something. It won a, a something award. <laughs> a something award. It's an yeah. award-winning book. It's an award-winning. Really, him. really, really loved it. <laughs> I liked. I was trying to find. Uh, I wanted to have like on my middle school list half male protagonists have female protagonists because i think we see too many females
0: mm. not that i mean it's,
3: it's necessarily like, bad but um incredible. and i just this one just gripped me because
0: yeah was, like, i started it and i really cool. liked it but i got lost and then i was like well i'll try it again <laughs> but i have been reading
3: a lot of books like with persian characters so that i'm recognizing some of these like cultural things they do
0: you learning
3: but i was like oh hey I've, i know i don't i can't i forget what the term is for it but it's like all about politeness like you come into somebody's house and they offer you food and you say no and they're like yes and then you're saying no it goes back and forth forever until finally you're like okay let me have some food but it's like it's part of the it's a huge part of their culture and it's just so interesting to That's see it fun. like over different books by different authors cool thanks for sharing that
2: all right tatilia your book I'm going to go off the cultural thing. Uh, I really liked, I guess it's older. It was new when I was thinking about it. And then I was like, actually, that's two years old. But whatever. (laughs) 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 Uh, Love Boat Taipei by Abigail Hing Wen. It is uh, uh, about Ever, who is 18 years old. She's like, this is her last summer before she goes to college. And her parents really want her to do one thing. And she um, is really into dancing and she had like her whole summer planned out. And then her parents are like, actually you're going to go to Taiwan to study Mandarin for the summer. And she's really super against it. So she thinks she's going to this very like stuck up uh, summer camp in Taiwan for overachieving kids. And it turns out that's, not really what it is it's like that on the surface but like everybody parties and drinks and like does crazy stuff at night and it's about her just like rediscovering her culture and she kind of uh goes deeper into her love of dance by um going to a dance academy that's in taiwan and her finding, you know, love. There's, like, a love triangle. There's fake dating. There's, like, a hundred different, like, YA tropes Deucy. in there. That sounds good. hmm And it does get a little, like, sexy at times. Oh, <laughs> so <like>, Spicy. <laughs> and the audiobook was, like, really
0: good. <laughs> like, spicy? <laughs> yeah, I, I might have a <laughs> Steamy YA. Ooh. That's one thing I do notice is the YA has gotten very steamy. Oh my goodness, yes. Very steamy. It was
1: like crazy when like two kids, two teens had like a heavy makeout section, session when like you were reading YA. Mm -hmm. And like now that's like
0: nothing. It's just some vivid stuff sometimes. Yeah, it's. But that's for another episode. We'll talk. (laughs) YA steam. (laughs) 16 plus only. (laughs) All right. So I think that's all we have time for. Ladies, thanks so much for sharing all your wonderful books and letting us all know how you have grown with your YA reading. Uh, So everyone, thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Ocean County Library's website for more podcasts and events on our website's calendar of events page. All the titles you heard mentioned today can be found through the Ocean County Library, free with your library card. If you would like to email the team for reader's advisory questions or questions to be featured on one of our episodes or topics you would like to see us cover, please email wavesofya at gmail.com that's w-a-v-e-s-y-a at gmail.com and until next time happy reading
1: hi i'm elizabeth Lim, the author of spin the dawn and six crimson cranes and i'm so excited
2: for my upcoming event with ocean county library on july 22nd I grew up going to my local library in Northern California and discovered so many of my favorite books through simply browsing the shelves and talking to the librarians. And I remember a school trip to the library to listen to authors and illustrators speak about their books. I never thought that one day I would be one of those authors. It's been a thrill and a joy, and I'm really looking forward to meeting readers new and old. I'll be talking about my new book, Six Crimson Cranes, which releases on July 6th and is inspired by the fairy tale The Wild Swans. It's about a princess whose six brothers are cursed into cranes and she has to break their spell with the help of a shape-shifting dragon,
0: a flying paper bird, and the young lord she was supposed to marry.